brighten that and strengthen their hands that they might fight to enter into thine kingdom. Therefore, for me this day, Father, I do pray that you allow your light to shine extra bright. Again, not that they might see me, but that they may find you, the one in whom all glory and honor is due. Yahuwah, my other king, I pray that you accept for me this day my offering in Yahushua's name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so we're celebrating first fruits. Hallelujah. Yet again. 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 Yeah. And today, we're here to celebrate the first fruits of oil. Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, but as always, we're going to start with some songs. All right, I'm going to see if I can then uh, get some help. All right. All right. Our first song for the day is Psalm 81. Sing aloud unto Elohim our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the Elohim of Yaakov. Take a psalm and bring hither the timbrel, the pleasant harp and the psaltery. Blow up the trumpet in the new month, in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. For this was a statute for Israel and the offer the Elohim of Yaakov. This he ordained in Yosef for a testimony when he went out through the land of Misraim, where I heard a language that I understood not. I removed his shoulder from the burden, his hands were delivered from the pots. Thou calledest in trouble, and I delivered thee. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder, I threw thee at the waters of Meribah. Selah. Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee, O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me. There shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. I am Yahuwah thy Elohim, which brought thee out of the land of Misraim, out of open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should have soon subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of Yahuwah should have submitted themselves unto me, unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fled, fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let, let, uh, let us learn a lesson from our predecessors, shall we? And not, not repeat what they did. Hallelujah. You know, next we had a book of Sirach, and it's going to be Sirach 51, and it reads, I will thank thee, O Adonai and King, and praise thee. O Elohim, my Savior, I do give praise unto my, thy name, for thou art my defender and helper, and has preserved my body from destruction, and from the snare of the slanderous tongue, and from the lips that forge lies, and has been mine helper against mine adversaries and has delivered me according to the multitude of thy mercies and greatness of thy name from the teeth of them that were ready to devour me and out of the hands of such as sought after my life and from the manifold afflictions which I had. From the choking of fire on every side and from the midst of the fire which I kindled not, from the depth of the belly of hell and from an unclean tongue and from lying words, by an accusation to the king from an unrighteous tongue, my soul drew near, even unto dark, even under death, even unto death, my life was near. 
to thee, hell beneath. They compassed me on every side, and there was no man to help me. I looked for the succor of men, but there was none. Then thought I upon thy mercy, O Adonai, and upon the acts of old, how thou deliverest such as wait for thee, and savest them out of the hands of the enemies. Then lifted I up my supplications from the earth, and prayed for deliverance from death. I called upon Yahuwah, the father of my Adonai, that he would not leave me in the days of my trouble, and in the time of the proud, when there, were, when there was no help. I will praise thy name continually, and I will sing praises with thanksgiving. And so my prayer was heard, for thou savest me from destruction, and deliverest me from the evil time. Therefore will I give thanks and praise thee, and bless thy, thy name, O Yahuwah. When I was yet young, or ever I went abroad, I desired wisdom openly in my prayer. I prayed for her before the temple, and will seek her out even to the end. Even from the flower till the grape was ripe, hath my heart delighted in her. My foot went the right way. From my youth up sought I after her. I bowed down mine ear a little and received her, and got much learning. I profited therein, therefore will I ascribe glory unto him that giveth me wisdom. For I purpose to do after her, and earnestly I followed that which is good, so shall I not be confounded. My soul hath wrestled with her, and in my doings I was exact. I stretched forth my hands to the heaven above, and bewailed my ignorance of her. I directed my soul unto her, and I found her in my pureness. I have had my heart joined with her from the beginning, therefore shall I not be forsaken. My heart was troubled in seeking her, therefore have I gotten a good possession. The Adonai hath given me a tongue for my reward, and I will praise him therewith. Draw near unto me, ye unlearned, and dwell in the house of learning. Wherefore are ye slow? And what say ye to these things, seeing your souls are very thirsty? I opened my mouth and said, Buy her for yourselves without money. Put your neck under the yoke and let your soul receive instruction. She is hard at hand to find. Behold with your eyes how I have but little labor and have gotten unto me much rest. Get learning with a great sum of money and get much gold by her. Let your soul rejoice in his mercy and be not ashamed of his praise work your work be times and his time will give you your reward and it reads i will remember you o zion for the blessing with with all my might i love you your, mercy, your memory is to be blessed forever. Your hope is great, O Zion. Peace and your awaited salvation will come. Generation after generation shall dwell in you, and generation of the, of the host shall be your ornament. They who desire the day of your salvation shall rejoice in the greatness of your glory. They shall be sucked on the fullness of your glory. And in your beautiful streets, they shall make tingling sounds. You shall remember the, the post, the, the post deeds of your 
prophets and shall glorify yourself in the deeds of your false ones. Cleanse your uh, cleanse violence from your midst, lying and iniquity. May there may they be cut off from you. Your sons shall rejoice within you, and your cherished ones shall be joined to you. How much they have hoped in your salvation, and how much you prefer you per perfect ones have mourned for you. O hope, O Zion, shall not perish, and your expectation will not be forgotten. Is there a just man who perished? Is there a man who has escaped his iniquity? Man is tried according to his way. Each is repaid according to his deeds. O, I mean, your oppressors shall be cut off from around you, O Zion. And all who hate you shall be despised. Your praise is your praise is pleasing, O Zion. It raises rises up in all the world. Many times I will remember you for a blessing. I will bless you with all my heart. You shall attain to eternity righteousness and shall receive blessings from the noble. Take the vision which spread, which speaks of you, and the dreams of the prophets re requested for you. Be exalted and increase, O Zion. Praise the Most High, your Redeemer. May my soul rejoice in your glory. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And next we have Psalms 141. It says, And it reads, Yahweh, I cry unto thee, make haste unto me. Give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Psalm 141. Set a guard, O Yahuwah, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Psalm 141.3. Let not my heart be drawn to what is evil, to take part in wicked deeds with men who are evildoers. Let me not eat of their delicacies. Let the righteous smite me, it shall be a kindness, and let him reprove me, it shall be an excellent oil, which shall not break my head. For yet my prayers also shall be in their calamities. When their judges are overthrown in stony places, they shall hear my words, for they are sweet. Our bones are scattered at the grave's mouth, as when one cutteth and cleaveth wood upon the earth. But mine eyes are unto thee, O Elohim, O Yahuwah Elohim. I will trust thee, in thee is my trust, leave not my soul destitute. Keep me from the snares which they have laid for me, and the gins of the workers of iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own nets, whilst that I withal escape. Oh, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robes. It is, it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. 
For there Yahuwah bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Hallelujah. Yeah, Psalms 144. And it reads. Praise be my Elohim, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving ally and my fortress, my tower of safety, my rescuer. He is my shield and I take refuge in him. O Yahuwah, what is man that you are take knowledge of him? Or the son of man that you think of him? Man is like a mere breath. His days are like a passing shadow. Hallelujah. All right. And I'm get ready for our message for first fruits of oil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Let me uh, get a sip of water. So this is the um, first fruits of oil. So I figured we'd talk about making oil, olive oil in particular. You know, so you have to start with a tree. You know, you're not going to be able to make olive oil if you don't have an olive tree. Amen. So you have to find a tree, and seeing that we're doing some spiritual oil here we need a spiritual tree <laughs> and so we found one in israel what you know me oh, i got some scriptures to back it up uh consider yarmiyahu 11 16 through 21 it says yahoo called thy name a green olive tree fair and and of goodly fruit with the noise of a great tumult he hath kindled fire upon it and the branches of it are broken. For Yahuwah Zavaot that planted thee have pronounced evil against thee. For the evil of the house of Israel of the house and of the house of Yahudah, which they have done against themselves to provoke me to anger and offering incense unto Baal. And Yahuwah have given me knowledge of it. I know and I know it. Then thou showedest me the, their doings. But I was like a lamb or an ox that is brought to the slaughter. And I knew not that they devised devices against me, saying, Let us destroy the tree with the fruit thereof, and let us cut him off from the land of the living, that his name may be no more remembered. But O Yahuwah Zavaot, that judges righteously, that triest the reins in the heart, let me see thy vengeance upon them. For unto thee have I revealed my cause. Therefore thus saith Yahuwah, the man of Anathoth, that, that seek thy life, saying, Prophesy not in the name of Yahuwah, that thou die not by our hand. Hmm. You know, one of the things I want to point out in this is, of course, you know, Israel is being likened to an olive tree. Both houses, both Israel and the house of Israel and the house of Yahudah together, right? Hmm. But I want to point out that, um, verse 20, that Yah, he judges righteous, righteously, of course. But he tries the reins and the heart. You know, so many people claim that they're his. But I don't think they're really 
cognizant of the fact that he tries their reins in their heart. Hmm. The rain speaks to their actions. You know, it speaks to, you know, the way in which they go. You know, their walk, if you would. And their heart speaks to their intentions. So he tries both of them. He's going to prove us. No one's getting through unproven. Amen? Amen. You know, now, something else I just want to throw out there because, you know, uh, I oftentimes uh, teach this in counseling sessions, you know, and that is, you know, that we should try to raise in the heart of those around us. For if Yah tries us, how much more so should we try one another? Mm. To see, you know, who or what we're dealing with. Mm. Amen? Amen? So I'm going to just say loud now. Mm. You know, and I also wanted to uh, make note of how they acknowledged uh, the prophet Yahu as, as uh, an olive tree with fruit thereof. You know, so hereby we find a witness that Israel as a whole, i.e. both houses together, is as an olive tree. Also note, Yahu was depicted as a fruit tree, hence it's likely that the prophets of Israel make up the, the fruit or the olives of the tree. You know, and so we have our spiritual tree and we have some fruit. Amen? You know, we have a second witness found in Romans 1, uh, in Romans chapter 11, uh, I don't know what part of it missing, but it says, I say then, have Elohim cast away his people? Elohim forbid, for I also am an Israelite. Of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin, Elohim have not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What not ye, what scripture saith of Elijah or Eliyahu, how he make of intercession to Elohim against Israel, saying, Adonai, they have killed thy prophets. And dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. And then we're going to jump down to verse 17. And if some of the branches be broken off, speaking of this same olive tree, this, the, the Israelites, if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree will graft in among them, and with them thou partakest of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. So essentially what, what Paul is saying here, he's, he's likening, Israel to an olive tree, you know, and he's likening the the Gentiles that's being grafted into that olive tree as a wild olive tree, and so he's saying Yah is taking the branches off of that wild olive tree and grafting it into his olive tree, you know, and so that they might partake of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, you know, that of his olive tree that is so he tells them in verse 18 boast not against the branches speaking of the branches that was broken off you know but if thou boast thou bearest not the root but the root thee so he's telling the gentiles don't boast because you're taking their place you know because you're still becoming a part of them they're not becoming a part of you you know he says in verse 19, Thou will say the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. He's saying, you know, that the Gentiles may think that, you know, that the uh, 
the, the children of Israel were broken off just so that they can be grafted in. But he continues on in verse 20. He says, well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. You know, Yah could have grafted the Gentiles in even without them being broken off. He said that's not the reason they were broken off. They were broken off because of their unbelief. And then he goes on to say, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if Elohim spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of Elohim. On them which fell severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness. Otherwise, thou also shall be cut off. You know, see, there's no once saved, always saved. And so this is another proof text against that. You know, hence this big little word we call if. It's, it's a condition. If thou continue in his goodness. Well, what if they don't continue in his goodness? Well, otherwise thou shalt be cut off. You know, so, you know, once you're in, don't mean you're always in. You know, you have to continue to be good and do good. Amen? Amen. So hereby we find another witness that Israel as a whole, i.e. both houses and um, even the Gentiles and Yahshua that's grafted in all together constitute an olive tree. So our olive tree got a little bigger, right? You know, then we have um, yet another witness and it's found in Hosea. It's chapter 14, 1 through 6. Can I have my next reader read Hosea 14, 1 through 6, please? O Israel, return unto Yahuwah thy Elohim, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you words and turn to Yahuwah. Say unto him, Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves of our lips. Asher shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses, neither will we say any more to the work of our hands, Ye are our gods, for in thee the fatherless finds mercy. I will heal their backsliding, I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. I will be as the dew unto Israel. He shall be as the lily, and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread, and his beauty shall be as the olive tree, and his smell as Lebanon. Hallelujah. And so, yet a third witness that Israel is as an olive tree. You know, and then we have Psalms 52 8 speaking of um, King David. He says, But I am like a green olive tree in the house of Elohim. I trust in the mercy of Elohim forever and ever. You know, so hereby we find three witnesses, you know, that Israel as a whole, i.e., both houses together, is an olive tree. Also note that Yahu is depicted as a, a fruit tree, hence it's likely that the prophets of Israel make up um, fruit or olives of the tree, even as David was also a prophet, you know, and he also was depicted as an olive tree. So now that we found, uh, yeah, David was a prophet. Now that we found that, uh, a fruit-bearing tree, a fruit-bearing olive tree, what's next in the oil-making process? You know, um, you have to collect the fruit, right? 
So if we're gonna make some oil, we have to pick the we have to pick the fruit. We have to pick the olives. So okay, so in order to do that, something has to happen to the tree. You know, now. I'm going to defer to Yah, because Yah, he calls the olive tree beautiful. <laughs> that just shows you how far we've strayed from Yah's, from Yah's view of things. <laughs> because that's, you know, it does have a majestic type look, I would say. <clears throat> you know, but me and my fleshly eyes wouldn't necessarily call it beautiful. You know, uh, but anyhow, beautiful or not, majestic or not, in order to get them olive um, berries off of it, it has to be broken and beaten. Mm -hmm. You know, and we find this in scripture. And yes, Yahoo seventeen six it says, "Yet gleaning grapes shall be left in it as the shaking of an olive tree." So, you know, this is how they got the um, olives out. You know, shaking of an olive tree, two or three berries in the top or the uppermost bough. Four or five in the most fruitful branches thereof, saith Yahuwah Elohim of Israel. Also, we have Yeshayahu 24:13. It says, When thus it shall be in the midst of the land among the people, there shall be as the shaking of an olive tree. See, they used to grab the, the branches and they just shake them as hard as they could. And as the gleaning grapes when the vintage is done. Also, Deuteronomy 24:20, When thou beatest, Dying olive tree. Sometimes shaking just wouldn't get it. So you got so that's what they got a stick and they beat the crap out the um out the branch. You know. When thou beatest thine olive tree, thou shalt not go over the boughs again. Don't overbeat the thing. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow. And then we have Micah six fifteen. Says thou shalt sow, but thou shalt not reap. Thou shalt tread the olives. But thou shalt not anoint thee with oil and sweet wine, but thou shalt not drink wine. Mm. Wow. You know, and so here it is, we see um, that olive trees had to endure shaking and beating during the harvest of its olives. Mm. And afterwards, the olives themselves had to endure being trodden underfoot. Mm. You know, and if you, if, if you follow along with the harvest, like you can see like, the beginning harvest, they were gathered real easily. But as the harvest continues, the um, gathering process and the processing of it got a, got harder and harder and harder. You know, for barley, you separate it from the um, shaft just by winnowing, just blowing some air through it. The wheat, you gotta, you gotta wrap it against the ground or have have the uh, the oxen you know uh, step over it to separate the wheat from the shaft you know the grapes in order to make wine you have to try them underfoot but the olives you gotta beat the crap out the tree you gotta shake it you gotta beat it and then you get it when you finally get the um, olives then you still gotta trample it underfoot so you see the olives are, are are the hardest harvest to process. Can you see that? And it's one of the most precious. 
So we have our olive tree, Israel. We have our olives, the prophets of Israel. You know, and we have a bunch of them that being trampled underfoot. Where do we find them? Where is all this stuff I'm speaking about? In the Word, absolutely. You know, so during this time, you know, we go into the Word, we find our olive tree, we find we get our olives, and we trample it underfoot, and we get the oil that comes out of it. And oil, from the oil we get light. Hallelujah. Exodus 25, 6. It says, oil for the light, spices for anointing oil, and for sweet incense. You know, so here it is. We're told oil is for the light. Also in Exodus 35, 8, it tells us again, and oil for the light, and spices for anointing oil, and for sweet incense. And Exodus 35, 14, the candlestick, also for the light, and its furniture, and its lamps, with the oil the light again you know Exodus 39 37 the pure candlestick with the lamps thereof even with lamps to be set in order and all the vessels thereof and for the oil for light Leviticus 24 2 command the children of Israel that they bring unto thee pure oil olive beaten for the light to cause the lamps to burn continually Exodus 27 20 and thou shalt command the children of Israel that they shall bring the pure oil beaten for the light to cause the lamp to burn always. You know, so what's the moral of all these passages? Oil is for the light. And what does light represent? Even wisdom, understanding, and knowledge of Elohim. Amen? And so, you know, this is the first fruits of oil. You want to get you some Oil. We want to get you some wisdom. Yes. Some understanding and some knowledge today. Amen? Yes. Amen. You know, now, it says that the oil is for the light because the oil was used in the temple and in the tabernacle of Elohim in the holy place to be put into the menorah, which was the lamp of Elohim that gave light to his holy place. Amen? You know, and so the oil equals light, and the light equals, we shall see. Revelations 1, 12, 13, and 20. My next reader, please. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. And missed the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Hallelujah. Okay, so hereby we see that the candlestick, you know, is none other than Yahshua, the Son of Man. 
you know, and when he came to the earth, he was noted as saying he is the light. And surely he was and he is. You know, he is that light. And he's even the one in the midst of the seven candlesticks in the menorah. Amen? Now, I want you to understand that this is the pattern that Moshe was originally shown when Yah instructed him to have Israel to make the menorah. Because he was shown the things of heaven. And this is what's in the kingdom of heaven. Yahshua is the one in the midst of seven candlesticks. You know, and to back up what I'm saying, let's consider Exodus 25, 37 through 40. It says, And thou shalt make the seven lamps thereof, and they shall light the lamps thereof, that they may give light over against it. And the tongues thereof, and the snuff dishes thereof, shall be of pure gold, of a talent of pure gold, shall he make it, with all these vessels. And he took that thou make them, and look that thou make them after their pattern, which was shown thee in the mouth. Okay, so Moshe was just patterning the menorah after what he was shown by Yah. You know, and in Revelation, we get a glimpse of what he saw, you know, in the kingdom of heaven. So, there you have it, you know. Now, this menorah um, that's in the heavens is spoken of elsewhere, even in Zechariah 4. So let me have my next reader read Zechariah 4, 1 through 7, please. And the angel that talked with me came again and walked me, as a man that is waked me, as a man that is waking out of his sleep. And said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick of all the gold, with a bowl on the top of it, and the seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof. Verse 3. And two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Adonai? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Adonai. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of Yahuwah unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, nor, nor by power, but by, the, but by my rock, saith Yahuwah of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou art become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstones thereof with shoutings, great their crying, grace of grace unto it. Mm. Hallelujah. Okay. <clears throat> so this is an angel speaking to Zechariah, you know, waking up, up out of his sleep. And he's asking him what he see. He say, he looked and behold a candlestick all of gold. You know, with a bowl upon the top of it and the seven lamps thereof. You know, we just read in, in Revelation that this is speaking about Yahshua, right? You know, and and his uh, seven churches and his seven angels, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and he says, and his seven lamps thereon, uh, and seven pipes. This word pipes is musaka. Uh, it's number 4166 and it speaks to something poured out. Uh, it means to pour. You know, so it can also be translated as pours. You know, even though they translate it as pipes, it's not terrible translation, but I just wanted to point that out. You know, uh, so 
you know, there's like seven pours, you know, two to seven lamps. And so the reason I point that out is because I want you to see those pours as the seven angels that's pouring into the seven churches, mm -hmm. you know, which are, which are, um, and their, their places on top of, on top of the lamps. Okay, now uh, in verse 3, it tells us, you know, that there's two olive trees by it. Two olive trees that's by the menorah, right? You know, one on the right side of the bowl and the other on the left side. Does anyone, I started to put it in here, but, you know, it, it's, it's kind of off topic, but, you know, I'm just going to you know, speak it forth. Does anyone remember what John and James asked Yahshua? That kind of, you know, ticked off the other disciples. Absolutely. He asked, you know, could could they could they in his glory could they be on his on the, on his right and on his left? And he said, you know, you don't know what you're asking. <laughs> he say he say, uh, you know, it's not even my it's not my place. You know, um, you know that that spot is already already ordained for someone. You know, I can't I can't get that to you. You know, and of course. He was speaking about these two. Mm -hmm. These two olive trees is who is ordained for it. Hence we see in verse 3, they're on the right side and the left side of the bowl. Well, you know, you know, Yahshua is in the middle. The bowl is on top of him with the seven lamps, right? You know, so this is their place to his left and to his right. You know, and no, they, you know, John and James don't fit the bill. You know, and so... He said uh, in verse 6, he said, he answered, this is the word of Yahuwah. Who's the word of Yahuwah? Absolutely, Yahshua. So we know this is talking about Yahshua, and he's speaking to Zerubbabel. Who's Zerubbabel? Yes, those in confusion, specifically those who are born in confusion, which is each and every one of us. <laughs> Amen? We were all born in confusion, you know? And so, spiritually speaking, this is speaking to us, to everyone who was born in Babel, born in confusion, you know? And so, Zerub, you know, speaks to being born in Babel confusion. So, born in confusion. And I say not by might nor by power. See, and that's the that's the problem, you know, with many people today. You know, they think that they can, you know, do it by might or by power, but you can't. Only by the ruach of Yah. You know, say of Yahuwah Zabaoth. It says, you know, who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You know, there's gonna be some folks or a nation that's going to try to stop those who are um, born in confusion, that's doing the work of Elohim. Mm. And he says, Who art thou, O great mountain, O this great nation? And he says, Thou shalt become a plain. Mm. Remember, Yahshua said, Even if, um, if you have faith of the size of a grain of mustard seed, you can say, You know, to this mountain, be thou cast into the sea, yeah. into the sea, and it, it'll have to go. Mm. 
that mountain will become a plain. You know, he said, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof of Shabbos, crying grace, grace unto it. You know, so this is a prophecy concerning us. You know, and this this uh, harvest of the olives and of the oil is concerning us. You know, those of us who are born in, in confusion. Amen. Now, uh, verses 8 through 10, um, 8 through 14, rather, uh, my next reader, uh, Zechariah 4. Moreover, the word of Yahuwah came unto me, saying, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it, and thou shalt know that Yahuwah of hosts hath sent me unto you. For who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the land of Zerubbabel. With all those seven, they are the eyes of Yahuwah which run to and fro through the whole earth. Verse 11 to 14. Then answered I said unto him, and said unto him, What are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left side thereof? And I answered again and said unto him, What be these two olive branches, which though the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? And he answered unto me and said, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Adonai. Then, he, then said he, These are the two anointed ones that stand by who of the whole earth. Hallelujah. Yeah. All right. Okay, so verse 8 continues on and says, Moreover, the word of Yahuwah came unto me. So again, Yahshua is talking, right? <laughs> and again, he's talking about us, those of that's born in confusion. He says that Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of, it, of this house. And his hands also shall also finish it. You know, now I want to call your attention to verse 10. It says, you know, with those seven, it says, For they shall rejoice and shall see the, pl uh, the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. Now, we're just going to stop right there for a minute. It says, with those seven, they are the eyes of Yahoo, mm -hmm. which, run, which run two and forth through the whole earth. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Hallelujah. Okay, so... Those seven are with Zerubbabel. Mm. Can you see that? Yep. Mm -hmm. Now, let's take a look at um, those seven being spoken of elsewhere, even in Revelation 5, verse 6. It says, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain. Hello, Yahshua. Mm -hmm. Having seven horns, and seven eyes, which are the seven root coat or seven spirits of Elohim, sent forth into all the earth. Ah, we found our seven. Yep. That are the eyes of Yah. Mm -hmm. 
sent forth into all the earth. Now, we know that these seven Rukot, these seven spirits, are the same seven spirits that's over the seven churches. And the seven churches all spoke to Gentile churches. Did they not? I don't remember seeing a church of Jerusalem, do you? So, Zerubbabel, that's the remnant of Israel. Those that were born in confusion. This, with those seven, speaks to the seven churches. You know, which are the churches of the Gentiles. They are the eyes of Yahuwah, which run to and fro through, through the whole earth, because they are throughout the whole earth. You know, now, in Zechariah 4.11, it tells us, you know, who these two on the left and right are. It says, what are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left side thereof? What are them? Who are, who are, who are they? <laughs> you know, Zechariah is asking, you know, and he had, had to ask again, what be these two olive branches? What about them? Which threw the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves. So here it is. We have two olive trees that's emptying their oil through two golden pipes. Which that oil in turn goes into those seven churches. Can you see that? Yeah. You know, and then verse 14, he finally answers, you know, after he gives him the runaround. They, you don't know who these are? I'm asking, huh? You know, but you don't get smart with an angel. You know, no one get in trouble. <laughs> you know, uh, says, then said he, these are the two anointed ones that stand by Yahuwah of the whole earth. The two anointed ones, the two Mashiach. If you would. Mm -hmm. Alright. Now. Again. We're going to take a closer look at. Zechariah 4.12. Because mm -hmm. it says. You know. Which threw the two golden pipes. Empty. The golden oil. Out of themselves. And we already know that these are the two anointed ones. That that, that come to the. Um, that's on either side. Of Yah. Mm -hmm. You know. So what is he talking about? Um, where else do we. Do we see these two. Come on, somebody. Transfiguration. Revelation. Transfiguration. No, that's not what I'm looking for. Moshe. Speaking about them being on either side of Yah. Oh, Moshe. Oh. No. Think about where where do you find Yah? Where else? Where do you find them? On the ark. Absolutely. On the ark. They're the two that are on his left and his right. 
and Yah sits on the mercy seat in betwixt them. Does he not? Yeah. You know, that's where you find them. Now, it says that through their two golden pipes, they empty out the oil in themselves. Now, I want you to think about this because this is when the wise virgins fill their lamps. Everybody remember that parable Yahshua told, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in case you didn't, I brought it up anyway. <laughs> Matthew Yahoo 1 through 10. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. Ten virgins. There are virgins. All ten of them. You know, but all of them don't get in. So what does that tell us? That just because you only serve Yah don't mean you're going to make it. That's what that tells us. That just because you serve Yah don't mean you're going to make it. I know that's a rough word. Mm -hmm. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. And if you're a foolish virgin and you go and take no oil with you. Because with no oil, you can't have any light. And without no light, you have no wisdom, no understanding, no knowledge of things of Yah. Amen? You know, and so even though you're serving Yah, you're serving him without wisdom, without understanding, you're serving him without knowledge, and therefore you will still die. But the wise, in verse 4 it says, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So they didn't just, they didn't just serve Yah, but they took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Amen? You know, so they had light. They had wisdom. They had understanding. They had knowledge. Verse 5. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold! The bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all of those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, Not so. Lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And guess what? The door was shut. And the parable goes on to say that they, they would come after they went and brought their oil. you know. But the door was shut and he wouldn't open it up to them. And so they were left out. But what I want you to see, first and foremost, I want you to see that they were a virgin. That they, they, they only served Yah. They didn't serve any other gods. They were virgins. You know, but they were serving without wisdom, without understanding, without knowledge. You know, and you're not going to get very far serving Yah like that. Hence, they end up getting locked out. And so... Take note that the door was shut, and I want you to, to, 
take note of this because it's coming. It's coming. There's coming a time when you won't be able to get in. So we need to get some of this wisdom. We need to get some of this understanding, some of this knowledge now so that when the oil is being poured out, we'll at least know to go and fill our lamps. Amen? Because there's going to come a time when the door will be shut. There's going to come a time when you can't get any more oil. Please understand. You know, now I'm going to show you when the door shuts. All right? You know, to understand when the door shuts, you have to understand something about Solomon's temple. Solomon, in, in his great wisdom that Yah gave him, did a wondrous job with the, um, with the temple of Elohim. Just simply splendid. You know, you read about that temple and it's like unmatched by anything. You know, uh, and so with his great wisdom, he constructed it and I want to point out some of that great wisdom. It's found in 1 Kings 6.23. Um, and then we're going to go to 27 through 33. So 1 Kings 6.23. And within the oracle he made two cherubim of olive tree. Mm. You think that was by coincidence? Mm. That he made those two cherubim of olive tree? Mm. I assure you it wasn't. Each ten cubits high. Mm. That wasn't a coincidence either. You know, and it's because they 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 walk in the um, in the law and the responsibility of Elohim. You know, verse twenty-seven, and he set the cherubims within the inner house. That's the holy place, and they stretched forth the wings of the cherubim, so that the wing of one touched the wall, touched the one wall, and the wing of the other touched the other wall, and their wings touched one another in the midst of the house. And he overlaid the cherubims with gold. Remember that um, the two we read in Zechariah about the about the two anointed ones. You know they were two olive trees, but they had the gold the gold pipes. Hence he overlaid the cherubims with gold, and he carved all the walls of the house round about with carved figures of cherubims and palm trees and open flowers within and without. In the floor of the house, he overlaid with gold within and without. Oh, and a gold floor. Hallelujah. Yeah. Verse 31. And for the entering of the oracle, that's the holy place. I mean, not, I'm sorry, that's the holy of holies. The oracle speaks to the holy of holies. For the entering of the oracle, he made the doors of olive tree. The lintel and the side posts were a fifth part of the wall. The two doors also were of olive tree. He carved upon them carvings of cherubims and palm trees and open flowers and overlaid them with gold and spread gold upon the cherubims upon and upon the palm trees. So also he made for the door of the temple post of olive tree, a fourth part of the wall. And so what I'm trying to get you to see is that the entrance into the Holy of Holies was made of these olive trees. And they were cherubims, and they were covered with gold. The exact same thing that 
Yochanan seen in Revelations. The exact same thing that Zechariah seen in his vision. You know, I want you to understand that these two anointed ones, that they are the door. They are the door, and when they leave, the door is shut. Please understand, you know, Revelation 11 teaches us about their ministry. Revelation 3 through 11, it says, And I will give power unto my two witnesses. Hello, the two anointed ones. And they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the Elohim of the earth. Same ones we've been talking about, right? And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devour of their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this matter be killed. These have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And they that means that, that means that there's a drought coming. Can you see that? How long would this drought be? Say again. Three and a half years. Specifically, 1,203 score days. Or three and a half years. And the reason that is, is because scripture teaches us that if the time wasn't cut short, no one would be saved. Say lot. Now, it says that these have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. They have power over waters to turn them to blood, to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. The door will be shut when that happens. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city which spiritually is called Sodom and Mitzrayim, where also our Adonai was crucified. And they of the people, and they of the people in kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. They're not going to have any discrepancies this time. This time they're just going to leave them out there for everybody to see. If they get up, we are all going to see. Verse 10. And they that dwell on the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And after, how come we weren't, tor weren't tormented? Because we had light. What that mean? It says that, you know, he tormented them that dwelt on the earth. Huh? Well, how about how about we living in the kingdom of Elohim? Okay. And we live in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Remember, we spiritual, right? Yeah. At least we supposed to be. We praying we be. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Verse 11, and after three days and a half, the Ruach of life from Elohim entered into them, and they stood upon their feet. 
and great fear fell upon all them which saw them. You know, teach your kids this. Make certain everyone understands this. Because except for a select few, a very select few, anyone who witnessed this is probably doomed. Because many other saints will die with them. Mostly all of them. So understand this. Understand that if you're witnessing, if you are around to witness this, you, you might as well, you know, you call it a wrap. You know, because it's only going to be a select few that's, that's, that's still of y'all that's left at this time. You know, and if you haven't, have not gotten in, by the time you see this, then you're not getting in. The door is going to be shut. Hmm. Yeah, when they get up, everybody's going to figure it out. They're going to have oil in their lamps then. When they stand back up after those three and a half days and they see them resurrect, yeah, everybody's going to have oil in their lamps and they're going to be running trying to trying to open the doors. But the door's going to be shut because they, they ascend into the heavens. They ascend into the kingdom of Elohim, the kingdom of Hashemayim, right? You know, so this is when the door shuts. They're the doors. They're the two cherubim that's, that's on the doors. They are the doors. When they're gone, the doors are shut. No one else gets in. You know, and when they're here and they're prophesying, you know, when they're here and they're prophesying, this is the two golden pipes which empty the golden oil out of themselves. When they're here and they're prophesying, this is when they're pouring the oil out. This is when you have to get your lamp and get it filled. Everybody got that? I pray you got that. Now, that's why I wanted to just go over it, you know, a second time. To make certain everybody get it. You know, when these two witnesses are on the earth, this is when you feel your lamps. This is when you make certain your lamps get filled. You know, for when Yahshua come, you don't want to be scurrying around trying to get some oil. So you make certain you get your wisdom, understanding, and knowledge while these two witnesses are on the earth. Whatever they saying, that's what you want to adhere to. Any way you can help them, you want to help them. Any way you can hide them, you want to hide them. Any way you can do anything that will help them or someone that's helping them out, that's what you want to do. Because even if you help, if you help a prophet, you, you receive, you get a prophet's reward. If you help just one of the saints with a cool glass of water, it won't be, it won't be ignored. You know, you'll, you'll receive a reward for it. So understand, you know, when these things are, are transpiring. You want to be on the right side. Because most of the world are, are not going to be on the right side. Please understand. They're going to, most of the world is going to think that these two anointed ones are the bad guys. That's why they're celebrating when they die. Because they're going to think that these are the bad guys. That's why they, they passing gifts out. You know, and celebrating, you know, at, upon their death. Because these two cats are going to be tormenting everyone that dwells on the earth. 
but those of us who dwell in the kingdom will be good until the people that's on the earth get a hold of us. <laughs> you know, but by that time, it'll be a blessing to die. As Revelation say, blessed are those that died from henceforth. You know, so I pray that you, you, you get that. Because those who died during that time, you know, um, be, before, around that time, before uh, Yahshua comes back, will be the last of the first fruits. They will be the olive harvest. Mm -hmm. And the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. You know, they'll be first, the first ones in in the um, in the kingdom of of Elohim because they went through the most. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as Yahshua said, those who will be the greatest in the kingdom are the ones who will serve the most. For even as our, our Messiah Yahshua didn't come to be served, but to serve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and then lastly, once you've gotten your oil, then you have the anointing. You know, and when these two witnesses are here, that'll be the time for us to be anointed as well. That's when the anointing will be poured out. In Exodus 30, 25, it tells us, and thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of apothecary. It shall be an holy anointing oil. First Samuel 10, 1, then Samuel took a bottle of oil and poured it upon his head. And kissed him and said, Is it not because Yahuwah have anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? First Samuel 16, 13, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Ruach of Yahuwah came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Exodus 28, 41, Thou shalt put them upon Aaron thy brother and his sons, with him and shall anoint them and consecrate them and sanctify them that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And Moshe took the anointing oil, Leviticus 8.30, and Moshe took the anointing oil and of the blood which was upon the altar and sprinkled it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons and upon his son's garments with him and sanctified Aaron and his garments and his sons and his son's garments with him. So hereby we see that the oil was also used for anointing. And if we're going to be anointed from on high in the last days, it'll have to be with the oil being dispensed from the two witnesses. When one is anointed, it causes them to shine. That is to emit light. You know, to emit that wisdom, that understanding, that knowledge of God. It is the light which in turn Consecrate that is fill one with power and sanctifies them. You know, so we want to receive of the anointing of of Yah as well. You know, and so.